0: Welcome to RailhawkCast, the podcast about the Carolina Railhawks, Kerry's own football team in the Triangle. Of course, I'm your host, Michael Jones, and on this first episode, well, we have a lot to talk about. Um, several games into the season, and it's a tight race at first place, and it's a very tight league this year. We'll be talking about that in just a bit. A uh, recap of the most recent game that they had against uh, Minnesota United, which ended in a 2-2 draw. And uh, a little bit of a recap of, well, what's happened so far, because, as I said, we're kind of in media res right now, in the middle of the season, and the way things are set up this year with a, an abbreviated NASL, that makes for an incredibly interesting schedule. And the old cliche is that every game counts, but now it's especially true that every single game is going to count, and, I'll, and you'll see kind of exactly what I'm talking about with the way that the schedule is broken up this year. So there are a handful of weeks off breaks. There is a a gap in July, which is meant for a couple of reasons, Um, one of which is to try to schedule with the rest of the world when it comes to soccer. There are a lot of international breaks at that time. The Railhawks and all of Nassau have several international players that go back to their countries and play and practice and train. And it, it divides the season in a way that the first half of the season is more important than you could ever imagine, because there are a lot of playoff implications based around the way that the first half of the season ends. So that's why it makes it vitally important that your team hits the ground running, and in this case, it's the Carolina Redhawks. And they've done more or less that, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Eight points from uh, all of their games so far, but that doesn't necessarily mean a lot. It's a three-way tie right now. Uh, Minnesota and Carolina share the top spot. The thing that keeps them the same other than just their points total is goal difference, uh, both with three. It coming in tied for, or I guess, at third, uh, the Tampa Bay Rowdies with a goal difference of two. But, I mean, they're eight points. It's a very tight league. That's uh, Atlanta Silverbacks with seven, SC Edmonton with five, San Antonio with two, and Fort Lauderdale with just one the weakest start in Nassau so far. But I think it's good uh it's a good idea to start with just looking at the uh new Wake Med Soccer Park because that's one of the big new things this year. Is they've expanded Wake Med Soccer Park, and now it is new Wake Med Soccer Park, and really the one key difference is the added seating and overall the kind of added experience of the area. Now what they've done is they've added this beautiful terrace at the top of the park and it's added, well, not only seats, but a view that wasn't previously there. Now I was happy enough to snag some season tickets up in that terrace and after a few games, highly recommended. If you're a soccer fanatic in the triangle and you want to see it at the angle that it really should be looked at from, in my opinion, I know people uh, will argue that you need to be down on the ground um, with the players, essentially. But for my opinion, if you want to get the entire view of the game, it's up top in those seats. And the thing about it is ridiculous. I'm. Uh, it's ridiculously cheap. It's very affordable. Um, season passes as well as single game passes. And... <clears throat> what I couldn't recommend enough is uh, just trying it out for yourself. Support your local team because I think that's the key. Now, next year, Nassau is expanding, uh, adding the New York Cosmos. I think Indy's coming. In, Indianapolis is coming in 2014, so there. It's going to be a much more diverse league. Um, This year, they're missing the Puerto Rican Islanders who are having to sit out of the league due to financial troubles. But next year, it's going to be a packed league. I think they're going to make the official second division of U.S. soccer much more important. Not only when it comes to the idea of expanding MLS, because these hopefully will be targeted areas at that time. Not only just player development for MLS. I know a lot of players will come in Nassau and, th- and it's a stepping stone to the higher level as it should be, especially about the system of relegation and promotion. But I think when Nassau expands and the fan base builds upon itself, you're going to see MLS targeting Nassau more for expansion teams and players as they already do. But for now... I think it's vitally important to check out your local team, whichever one it may be, whether it be in Nassau or any other division of American soccer, including MLS, and even the lower divisions because I think they're all very important. If we want to make this thing grow, we have to attend it, and that is the key point. So contact your uh, local box office today. It's real, It's stupid, affordable, and it's a lot of fun to watch. That's the other key because they're there to make the experience as fun as it could possibly be. The atmosphere is usually very good. Um, it's obviously younger. It's a younger crowd that typically will go to soccer games, whether it be uh, parents taking their children or younger fans, including myself, that go to these games. And uh, it's, it makes for a very exciting event, so I would highly recommend that for people that are interested in buying tickets. Uh, please feel free to go online, CarolinaRailHawks.com. I'm not employed by the Real Hawks. I just think it's really, really important to support your local team. Now... There are a few points to talk about in last week's draw against Minnesota. First, let's talk about the Metrodome. Okay, now that we're talking about arenas, thankfully this is not going to be the permanent location for Minnesota. They're going to be going back to their typical uh, stadium in the middle of July, but for now they're they're uh, forced to play in the Metrodome, which is a great event for. Everything that can pack the Metrodome before a Nassau match, I don't think it it qu- quite meets the expectations. It gets you, from watching the game, it really kind of dampens the atmosphere overall. So that's my first and really only major criticism. Because the great thing is, you know, in a way, it reminds me of those '70s Nassau arena when they're using uh, old NFL arenas to play these games. But right now, I don't think they can, like, Minnesota can't pack that kind of uh, stadium. So thankfully, they'll be getting back to their normal location in the middle of July during that big break. But in the meantime, uh, it's the game that's the most important for both of these teams. They came into the weekend tied at first, and unfortunately, they left the weekend tied at first. Um, let's see, Minnesota United. Carolina Hawks and Tampa Bay Rowdies all share those eight points at the top of a very, very tight league. And there are a couple of like major keys to take, uh, major points to take away from this weekend. I think the first one is that there's only so much that Akira Fitzgerald can do for this team. He's been on the Nassau starting 11 several times already this year. He's shown his worth because Time and time again, he's having to dig this defense out of the gutters. Now, that's not to say that the defense is uh, completely terrible. There are some stars on it for the Carolina Railhawks. But there are some definite weak spots that are going to have to be addressed. And uh, the Carolina Hawks did pick up two additional players before the international uh, trade deadline close, and I'm going to talk about that in just a bit. But I don't know if those... It, it, it's a, it's one defender and then one midfielder, and I don't know if that's going to be what they need in order to get to that next level defensively. And maybe it's not what they... I mean, maybe they can get away with these kind of draws. But the problem is they're making stupid mistakes at the back four. If you're watching the game on Saturday, or if you'd like to watch it now, it's available on uh, N- uh, Nassel's Ustream site. Uh, please do that. Um, unfortunately, I couldn't watch it live when it was happening, so I uh, went and uh, just finished watching the game. There are a couple of points that were in that game that were in other games throughout the season, and that's the way it typically goes. You get these obvious trends that happen over time. And, well, we got that again with the defense. Now, the first goal was absolutely abysmal against the Railhawks. And I, I, it shows the weaknesses there. The problem is Akira, for as great of a keeper as he is, you just can't bail this team out every single time. The problem is the attack was so slow, watching, this goal, watching the ball run into the back of the net was one of the most agonizing experiences that you can take as a fan of a particular team. And I know because I had to watch it and suffer through the entire thing. Suffer is a a tough word. Suffer to this one goal, which was particularly bad. And I'll mention how frustrating the other goal in this 2-2 draw was that was scored against the Railhawks. But before I get to the negative, let's get to the positive. It was obvious um, when the Railhawks were in attack, they were very strong. However, for maybe the last half of the first half of this game, it was played at such an abysmally slow pace that... The fact that there was even a goal scored during that time was a little miraculous. And it came off of what the Redhawks dominated with the entire game and that's corner kicks. They didn't dominate on a lot else um if you just look at the statistics of the game. But it was what was in what eventually gave them that first goal was very important. Uh Martinez coming in unassisted in the 84th minute would save their asses eventually. But Gray's goal in the fortieth minute um, provided that spark to give them the lead. unfortunately, they just couldn't keep it uh, at the end of the game. Martinez provided one of the best goals I have seen in this league in a very very long time um, I mean I just pretty much watched the railhawks exclusively, but still that's one of the most beautiful goals that I've seen in a long time and you can make the um, you can make the case that he was one of the players of the game because he provided a necessary spark for the railhawks but Obviously, Nassau is going to give it to Barbara, and I think um, Minnesota is going to give it to Barbara as well because his two goals sealed the deal for them in, draw, in getting this draw, particularly with that penalty in the 65th minute. But they, the Real Hawks dominated the first half in possession. I think a lot of that was because it was a steady build kind of offense from what I could tell they would kick it out wide this is something they've been very good at getting their crosses in somewhat regularly overall though the shot count was way in favor of minnesota 16 to 4 i'm sorry 14 to 6 um but thankfully for the for the railhawks isakira who could save their asses time and time again he had with four saves as compared to minnesota's only two now let me get back to the defense The second goal, the one that caused the penalty kick, was hilariously bad. And I think it's been indicative of the kind of season that this player has been having, unfortunately. And that came because of a handball called on Paul Hamilton, who more or less just found himself in the wrong space at the wrong time. Now, I don't think this is the first time this has happened to Paul this year. It's his first year here. He you know, he came from FC Edmonton, but he's had a real rough year. I mean, if there's any defender on this team that has just been really bad that I have been able to see live, it's just one of those frustrating and you can tell cuz the player the, the other defenders, the more senior defenders are are uh, really getting at him during these games because it's been weak, it's been weak from Paul and I want Hamilton to succeed. As much as the next fan, but watching these kind of stupid mistakes happen is incredibly frustrating. Like, that handball didn't need to happen. Keep your hands down. That ball's going to be coming into the box fast, and you know it is. So if you keep it down, you're going to be generally okay. But in this case, uh, penalty conceded and taken successfully. um, Blistered. Really, Barbara, amazing penalty taker on that one. Up there with some of the finest that I've seen from Shriver this year, um, who's more or less taken that duty as a a Real Hawk player. But, man, really frustrating stuff defensively. I mean, that first goal, they obviously weren't getting back enough. So, what does this say about this team? The fact that they have these lulls in the defense Um, really it says that their offense is really really good I don't think there's any doubt about that Um, the midfield uh, with Deleuze providing a lot of the spark are able to get on the front foot very well and I think that they have um, three players up front that they can play that are very effective at doing so whether it be uh, Deleuze coming out of the midfield or Shriver or actually, if he's coming off of the bench or if he is playing. um, There are a lot of players on this team that can give them the spark that they need to score goals, and obviously they are doing that. The midfield has been more or less solid. They dominated possession in the first half of this game. They've done very well in other games. I think they're starting to find a rhythm. Um, I watched that Vancouver Whitecaps friendly that they had before the regular season started, and that was painful. It was painful to watch how out of sync they were at that time. But I think over the past several games, they found a way to make some, something sync, something tick among them. But they have to be in a flow together. Because when they get slow, things can get awfully boring for this team. And Obviously, no one wants to watch that because they have the firepower. To make a difference I mean overall I think the Railhawks are incredibly well-rounded at this point in the in this season for Nassau they have almost everything you could want going for them I mean they're in a good position um, still undefeated two wins two draws um, with Minnesota obviously who has the same record but they you know there are spots that can always be improved upon and it was just announced, actually, that uh, Cesar Elizondo and Kevin uh, Rutkiciewicz, I know I'm pronouncing both of them names terribly, are going to be joining the team. Um, Cesar is the Costa Rican midfielder who's going to be joining on, and uh, Kevin, the Scottish defender who I'm hoping is going to bring the experience that they need in that back four. I doubt he'll start immediately. Um, Managers, more or less, are going to keep their back four hopefully together as long as they can. But if they don't, then they don't. It really is contingent upon how well they can stay intact overall. Now, I think there's obviously... A lot of opportunity for them to grow together. Um, again, I hope Hamilton can really show what he's worth in the next game. They play May 11th, uh, for those interested. Their next game is at home, back in Cary. It's the against the San Antonio Scorpions. It should be an easy win, honestly. With this team, it should be a pretty easy win. So I'm going to be terribly disappointed if... They do anything but win. That's just me. But hopefully, you know, obviously these players aren't going to hit the ground running, but they are going to be, mem- they're, hopefully will be integral members of this team in the future. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But we'll see. It's going to take some time. Um, this team is very good. I don't have many fears about them. I think they're going to play very high in Nassau this year. If they don't end up winning the league, which, fingers crossed, they can pull off Four games in, there's only so much you can learn about a team. But there are a couple of things I would recommend before I sign off today, and that's that you go to this game against San Antonio because it's going to be important for so many reasons. The fact that it's such a tight race and the fact that they need your support. Um, Showing your support is obviously going to be a key factor in the growth and expansion of this team. The grounds are amazing for those that are interested. Um, The Railhawks are being very integrated into the community as a whole, I know that the uh, 309 uh, Home Depot section is uh, a lot of fun for those that enjoy the kind of South American, Central American, and European flair of the game when it comes to uh, ecstatic fan bases, so I'd highly recommend that, Um, but of course you'll catch me up in those upper tier sections for that game. Being this the first ever uh, Railhawk Cast episode, there are a few things that you can do for me, of course, because we're just signing off. The first thing that you can do, if you have comments that you'd like to make about this team, about any game that's happened before, or about any game that's coming up, please feel true. Email me, railhawkcast at gmail.com, and, con- and connect with me on Twitter at railhawkcast. Um